I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters. We are breaking down every position along the Husky football team prior to fall camp, which begins on Friday, Friday night. And by the way, I looked at the weather projection. It's supposed to rain Friday night, Chris. But um, first practice is on Friday. Chris Peterson press conference on Thursday. We are breaking down every position and trying to touch bases on every player, if not every player, most. But uh, today we focus on the defensive line. Chris Akaika Malloy. A couple years ago, people were commenting on he was a poor recruiter. Boy, he sure proved them wrong. Well, in the last couple recruiting classes, for sure, he's done a great job of uh, stockpiling a lot of talent. I mean, you look at the last two recruiting classes, he signed eight defensive linemen. Uh, Tuli Latui Gasanoa, Sam Taimani, Drake Obinam, Mosiah uh, Nasili Liu. And then, obviously, this freshman class incoming, you had Jacob Bandis and Sama Paama come in spring. And now you've got Fatui Tuatele and Noah Ngalu coming in um, for this summer. So, yeah, so those eight guys, um, you know, they're certainly going to really bolster uh, a group that obviously suffered a lot of attrition through seniors leaving, like Greg Gaines and Jalen Johnson, Shane Bowman, but you also had Jared Pulu out with injury um, and some of these other guys. So, and now you lost Mosai and Nosili Liu, or Kite, or, you know, to. Um, to a suspension so you know at this point the turnover has been pretty strong and you're replacing upperclassmen with freshmen um so you know some guys are going to obviously be counted on in a hurry yeah i i i I think we've got to get a lot of credit to uh just what uh, akaika malloy has done over on the islands too bringing in a lot of the polys and uh you've been over to hawaii chris maybe describe a little bit about um how he's perceived over there and just the thoughts on Akaika over in the islands. Cause that's where he's making, doing a lot of damage right now. Well, sure. He, you know, he grew up there, lived there. And, and so the connections there are strong. He goes back there all the time because of family and, and whatnot. So the, you know, it, it wasn't a situation where his reputation and his relationships were necessarily going to pay off dividends right away. The moment he stepped on campus, but over time, He's been able to reestablish the credibility and get people in the islands to think more and more about Washington, to think more and more about built for life and, and what that means. And that's obviously going to be a strong selling point with Hawaiian families, especially those parents who want to get their sons off the rock, so to speak, and get them to the mainland so they can get an education. So that's a huge piece. There's no doubt about it. And so yeah. um, depending on the strength of how, the players are in the islands from top to bottom in terms of each recruiting class, you'll see Washington be a factor from here on out because his reputation is so strong and so solid. I think part of the reputation that he has over there, to be honest, is when you talk to the parents and you talk to the recruits, him coming from that background and the family culture on the islands and the poly community being so tight and family being important for those who have kids, it's hard to pass your kids off or hand them off to somebody when they go to school. But I think the one word that would describe how they feel about Akaika is trust. They really trust him. He understands the culture. He understands the family dynamic. Uh, he's able to convey to them uh, what happens when we talk about recruiting. I mean, the, the word that gets overused more than anything, why recruits choose a school is family. I think every school, you know, that feels like a family on recruiting visits, but Akaika is able to convey it and show it 
and not only just the football aspect of it, but the Built for Life program. And we're not only going to teach your kid about football and all the other stuff, but they're going to become a better student. And as any parent would say, if you can hand your your son or your daughter off to somebody who you truly trust, not just to use as a college athlete, but to become a better person and to become a good student, that means a lot. And it's not just talk coming from the Washington coaches like Akaika. They get it done. They've got they've they've got a proven record with that, Chris. Right, and I think a couple other things you talk about people that they trust. It starts at the top with Chris Peterson. And the one thing that I learned being over at the Polynesian Bowl and and talking to a lot of parents and talking to a lot of recruits and coaches was just how much respect uh, Chris Peterson gets on the islands. I mean, you, you he, they talk about him in in terms that would be comparable to Nick Saban to any other to any other top notch coach in college football. I mean, they think of him that uh, that strongly and they uh, respect him that much. So I think that's a big part of it. And then also the guys that actually committed to Washington and signed with Washington, starting with Fatui Tuatele from St. Louis. You know, he is a guy that is considered one of the best high school football players that's ever come out of that state. And, um, you know, for him to pick Washington is something that, Everyone around that football community, and it's a you know it's a small tight knit community that has a, a ton of talent. And when they see a guy like uh, Fatui Tuatele make a decision like that and come to Washington, it could have repercussions down the road because these kids pay attention to that. I think we're going to need to get Benning Potoai an award, Chris, and that award would be for the recruit that we have followed the longest a player we have followed the longest because you first saw him as what an eighth grader and now he's a fifth year at Washington. It just seems like we've been covering Benning forever. It's true. And I think I can remember the first time was up at East Lake high school on the plateau when he wasn't even at lakes high school. Like you said, he was an eighth grader and I think it was at the old Jason Gesser camp, the old Nike camp before uh, it blew up and, and, but there were plenty of players there obviously, but I remember him going up against the, Corey English at the time, who became Corey Fuavai, the offensive guard at Washington, when uh, Corey was a, was going to be a senior, and Benning was a was again an eighth grader, and he ran circles around Corey, and from then on out, it's just been kind of an uphill trend, and you know the stuff that he did at Lakes is is the stuff that people still talk about, and uh, now it's weird to think about that he's going to be a senior, and this is going to be his last year at Washington. It's been uh, it's certainly been an interesting ride. Well, what's been interesting is I think that they wanted him. I think everybody, including Benning, wanted him to be a defensive end. They wanted him to be a buck. But I think moving him inside is the right move, Chris. I think he could flourish inside. Well, I think there's certainly a lot of benefits to the position versatility that he's got. Being able to go three technique, five technique, seven, you can move him outside. But, I mean, we even saw during the Apple Cup, and I made note of this uh in uh, an article, another article, but you know, Washington during the Apple Cup came. I don't, I don't know if you remember this or not because you were down in the field. But there were a couple times where Washington completely vacated the entire uh-huh. front, and they just had they just had guys on the outside rushing on third and two, uh, exactly on, on third, third ex- and two. Yeah, so I mean, 
the position versatility and having a guy like Benning who could even play at the nose in certain down and distance situations and in nickel and dime and penny packages and, and all the rest, because that, that seems to be Washington's base package right now is with that nickel um, going a little smaller and a little bit more versatile and a little quicker uh, up front. I, I could see that. I could see that kind of developing as this went along. And so having Benning moving inside for sure uh, makes sense on a number of levels can he handle a full season like that in the Pac-12? We'll see. Uh, again, Washington's done such a good job, and it started with Jeff Choate, as you know, and moving to a Kaika Malloy, how they kind of did this hockey shift style. Like, they kind of moved two, three guys in at a time to keep guys fresh and to keep guys healthy. But with the lack of a lot of guys up front with 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 experience and reps under their belt, we'll see how much uh, turnover and how much... Uh, of that hockey shift style that they can actually implement this fall. Josiah Bronson, kid who went to Kentwood High School, and he was a transfer into Washington as a walk-on. Was it Tulane he went to, Chris? Temple. Or was it Temple? It was Temple. I always get those two confused for some reason, but um, uh, Tulane is in New Orleans. Um, New Orleans and Temple is in Philadelphia. But uh, Josiah Bronson, you know, since he was able to sit out that transfer year, his um, – Playing time just seemed to increase. He's listed at 6'3", 280 pounds. He's a nice piece on the interior. He is. And, you know, and he is a guy that, you know, people probably don't remember, but he did play in, in most of the games last year. I think he played in like 12 games, um, missed the opener against Auburn. And, um, but, you know, I mean, he's, he's done some things and he had uh, some opportunities to get some playing time. I think he had about 10, 11 tackles in the season. So we're not talking about a guy that, that is coming in completely fresh. And again, you mentioned the Temple experience. So he was recruited as a D1 athlete. Um, you know, so they, they his experience is going to be really valuable this fall and not surprised that he was put on scholarship. We kind of thought that maybe he was going to get on scholarship as soon as he came back to Washington. That didn't, that didn't happen. But uh, now he is on scholarship and he's he's a piece of, that I know Akaika Malloy is really counting on to step up and and offer some turns. If he can get you know thirty to forty uh, reps a game, I think that would be that would be amazing for him. I think that would that would do them a world of good. I've talked numerous times about the strength of a program. Uh, can uh, the strength of the walk on program can be an indication of the health of the program? When Washington is able to get a walk on from Marysville Pilchuck, a local kid, and John Clark. And by the time he's a senior, uh, you know, give him a scholarship. It's a great story. 6'4", 275, interior lineman. He played a lot, and not just in scrap time. He had some meaningful minutes last year, Chris. He did. Now, remember, though, he didn't go to Pilchuck. He went to the new Marysville school. He went to uh, Getchell. Um, but you're right. I mean, he played nine games last year, but two of those games were in the Pac-12 championship game and the Rose Bowl. So... You know, again, like you said, kind of a rags to riches story comes in, you know, and, and, and he didn't play at all in 2017 because he was hurt. But, uh, you know, he played in six games as a, as a redshirt freshman. So now he's got an opportunity to do some things and, you know, make an impact. I mean, and again, like Josiah Bronson, he needs to figure out a way where he can get 30, 40 reps a game. You know, he needs to have a, a situation where he is stout inside. And I know he started out when he came in as about 250, 255, 260. Now he's up to 280. 
um, has shown, like you said, that he can play in some big minutes and, and play in some big moments. So he has to continue that upward trend. That's vital for Washington this fall. Levi on Wuzrike, probably the beginning of the Texas, if you want to call it a pipeline, but four-star recruit out of Texas was a big get for Chris Peterson and company out of the state of Texas, but uh, expecting him to be an all-conference candidate. And he's going to be a junior this year. And he's a guy that possibly with a big year could declare for the NFL draft as well. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, you mentioned, again, how he, he kind of opened up the pipeline. They've had guys here and there. I think the guy before him was maybe Trevor Walker. You had Victor Iowa. You know, he, like you said, they just kind of dripped on in. But once Levi decided to commit to Washington sign, it was a sense that, because I think the people in Texas had caught a little off guard, because he was looking at some pretty big-time programs like TCU and Michigan and what have you. So the fact that he picked Washington over those schools and decided to come out in the West Coast and play in the Pac-12 was a, was a great sign uh, for the Huskies. And, and I think that gave them some momentum to go into the Lone Star State and start digging around a little bit more. Now we're seeing the benefits of that, especially coming up in this new class, this 2020 class that's expected to sign. You know, guys like Cooper McDonald, JV on Sunday, but getting far, <laughs> getting a little far afield on that. But going back to Levi, you know, you talk about his pro potential. I don't think there's any question that he could be a, a guy that declares early. You know, he's a junior right now. He's, you know, 6'3", almost 290 pounds. Was, uh, and he's a smart kid, too. He's a two-time uh, all-Pac-12 academic performer as well. So we know he's got the brains to get it done. Yep. And then you look at him, again, pairing up with a guy like Benning, Trying to fit in with one of those uh, one of those walk on turn scholarship guys like Bronson or Clark, I think that's what you're looking at for your front three to start the season at this point because they seem to be your most experienced guys. We all have plays in our mind that uh, you know, as my cop can calls them brain tattoos. I have a brain tattoo with Levi on Muzrike, and that was last year in the Apple Cup, coming up the middle like a purple people eater and absolutely devouring Gardner Minshew, who was somehow able to get the ball out right to the hands of Ben Burkirvan in a blizzard. And those guys coming off the field, they were like little kids in a candy store. They were laughing. They were cracking up. They were wound up. And meanwhile, we're in the middle of just, you know, the one of the worst weather conditions we've ever seen. But uh, yeah, Levi on Uzrike, he gave me a brain tattoo last year, so. I was going to say it wasn't, and I th and to me the one I remember was was it was either last year against Colorado or the year before, where he literally just ate up the lineman and then just ate up the running back like back to back in, in yep. the backfield. I mean, it was as impressive a defensive play. I mean, it's just how you how you draw it up, right? I mean, it was just you shed you shed the offensive lineman, stand there, and then just eat up the running back, and, and the running back just got devoured. And that's that's what I'll remember is his ability to not just shed guys at the line of scrimmage and and hold yep. his hold his edge, but also uh, to be aggressive and in getting into the backfield too. And I thought his you know he had a sack in the Rose Bowl. You know that's something that no one could take away from him either. Tule Latule Gasanoa, we'll just call him Tule. He's one of the freshmen that was redshirted last year along the defensive line. He's listed as six one and two thirty six and. You can call him by two names. You can call him Thule, or you can call him Hips, because I'm telling you, he's got two gap hips. 
He's, a, I mean, he's got a huge lower body. Well, a couple of things. First of all, you got the name perfect, so you can you could call him Tuli Latuli Gasanoa. That you, you nailed that one. Second one, I think you you called it. You said he was two hundred and thirty six pounds. Three hundred thirty six. Well, no, he's well. They I think they have him listed at three eighteen is what I'm seeing. But um, either Sam. way, that's still Sam huge. Is, Sam is at three eighteen. Yeah. Well, they. I'm I'm reading it right now. I'm looking at it, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm looking at Go Husky, so maybe Tule, I have it wrong. Tule ain't three eighteen. Yeah. Well, either way, <laughs> like I said, it doesn't matter, right? There, that anytime you're over three ten, three fifteen, you're absolutely huge. And um, again, he played in a couple games last year. Played North, played against North Dakota. Played against Colorado. Um, was thinking that probably he could have played in more games, to be honest, because you have up to four games you can play. But right. uh, again. You know, just kind of getting his feet wet, and then this spring you could see a little bit more of of him in there, getting more and more comfortable. Uh, but there is no question that between him and and then I'm sure the next guy you're going to talk about, those guys have to step up. This is their time to come in. They were super herald, heralded coming out of high school. Thule was a guy that had originally committed to USC before signing with Washington, so he's a big time guy. He needs to show that he's big time and he's ready to go right now. Sam Taimani, they're going to be attached at the hip. I don't know if that's a pun or not. I hate to do that. But Sam Taimani's the other freshman. They're going to be linked together for their entire career, listed at 6'1", 318. I was talking to Chris Peterson about the thing that came out on Twitter about the largest food budgets in the Pac-12. And Washington was listed at uh, number one with 1.9 million, and Oregon was a distant second at 1.3 million. I think Sam Taimani and Tuli Tule Gasanoa put a big dent in that. And by the way, when I asked Chris Peterson who put the biggest dent in it, he just says it's not really about the quantity, it's about the quality because they have quality food. But I don't care what you say, those two put a huge dent in that program. Sure. I mean, that's they're big boys for a reason. <laughs> no, but that uh, and again, Sam is another guy that I kind of thought would play in more than a couple games. He only played in one game, but uh, it was a productive was he a game. Bit? Was he, he hurt a little bit last I, year? I couldn't tell you to be honest. I mean, he played against Oregon State, so he was in the middle of the season. Um, he had two tackles in that game, so that was you know that was productive. Um, you know, he's a guy that again was a two way star at uh, East High School in uh, Salt Lake. You know, so he and a lot of teams were recruiting him as an offensive lineman. But I think the reason why Washington loved his, you know, loved him in defensive lines, just because of his mindset. He plays the game with an aggressiveness and an attitude that you take on defense. He wants to get after guys. He wants to be initiating contact, and that's why um, he's playing defense for them, flat, you know, flat out. So again, you could see in the spring the idea of Taimani and Latuli Gasanoa playing together, matching up, being a pair inside that were, that are kind of immovable objects. And so that's that's kind of the second line that I see right now. If you look at, again, Benning, you know, you, you see uh, Levi Anzarike, you look at the senior walk-ons that have turned scholarship guys, that's your first line. This is your second line that comes in. If if we're kind of using the hockey shift analogy, and you, the guy, one of the guys, and we've talked about different guys that I'm kind of excited to see. One of the guys who I think is going to really, he's just an impressive looking athlete. So I'm really excited to see Draco Bidem out of uh, out of Oregon. He's a real like again when you take a look at what he looks like, he looks the part. 
He does. He was a U.S. Army All-American. Came, came in at around 255, 260. It, it doesn't look like he's gotten any bigger in terms of pure size, but maybe he has traded that, uh, maybe he's traded body fat in for muscle, kind of did that, that body fat muscle exchange that a lot of those guys do right out of high school and into college when they get into a, you know, extreme lifting and conditioning program where the trainers and the nutritionists and all those guys are monitoring what those guys are doing 24 seven. So we'll, we'll see what happens with a guy like Draco Bonham, but you can tell if you look at his film, Kim, back in the day when he was at Wilsonville, he was so aggressive. He was playing in the middle of, of that defensive line and he was just pushing guys back continuously I think one of the things you struggle with when you're kind of the big man on campus, so to speak, and then you come in to a situ- situation in the Pac-12 and top D1 football, it's it's hard to be that guy right out of the bat, especially if you're not a 300-pounder. And so we'll see what happens with Draco as he gets bigger, faster, stronger. Yep. I wonder if he is one of those guys that's really going to be a situational edge guy. That to can begin with, in. I think it will be, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, at least that it feels like that's what it's going to be like for him right off the bat. But you're right. I mean, he is kind of the, the third wheel on this group that doesn't get a lot of attention because the other two guys played. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with Draco. He could certainly surprise us fall. Jacob Bandis, we've got uh, four freshman linemen coming in, and it'll be interesting to see how many of them play. It will be interesting to see if they have a rotation, maybe, you know, four games, four games, four games for each one of these guys. So it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on and how much these guys play, because I think all of them are talented enough. Led by Jacob Bandis, big get. Is he out of Sacramento, I believe? He's out of Pittsburgh High School in the Bay Area. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Big time get for Washington. Uh, really highly regarded guy listed at 6'2", 315 pounds. I, 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 one of those guys, not real tall, but thick. Oh, he is. And and he made his calling card by being the standout defensive lineman at the opening a couple years ago. That was really his uh, kind of coming out party, so to speak. And when he committed to Washington, that was considered a huge deal at the time. So... And, and with the idea, Kim, too, that he was going to be coming in early so that he could get a jump start on spring. But then again, you know, who would have thought that in, like an appendix issue would, would be the downfall of, of him getting a jump start on what was going to happen this spring. So unfortunate timing, but I guess also maybe good timing in the sense that it happened then and not in the fall so that he could get it out of the way and, and get back to full fitness and full health. So we'll see how ready to go he is on Friday. Fully expect him to be 100% ready to go, but uh, but we'll see. And, and, and again, hopefully with the mental reps that he was able to get, the turns and you know learning the lingo and the terminology early in spring, we'll see if that pays any dividends this fall either to, to kind of get him ahead of the, the rest of the crowd. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You were over in the islands. You had a chance to see, I'm, I'm not going to call him an 
defensive lineman. I'm gonna I'm going to start off by calling him an athlete. Kasama Paama can play offense, he can play defense, and he can kick. You know, so uh, Sama Paama listed at 6'4", 336 pounds. And how similar in size is he to MJ Ale? Well, pretty similar, although MJ, I think, has got him by about 15 to 20 pounds at this point. But MJ is also a couple years older than he is, too, or at least a year older than he is. What I would what I'm kind of wondering with Sama, Kim, is how long is it going to take before there's comparisons made between him and a guy like. Uh, Vita Vea, because they both wear number 50. They are both, you know, in that 6'4", six, 6'5", six, range. They're both big, big guys that are uncommon athletes for their Freak. size. Freak. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, very versatile, very athletic. Um, it's just unfortunate that he's been dealing with niggles here and there. It was He couldn't play in the uh, Polynesian Bowl, unfortunately, when I was over there. So I never got a chance to see him run around and really get some uh, some things done on the football field then. And then this spring was kind of more of the same. Saw more time with him on the bike than actually on the football field. But hopefully that's behind him and he's been able to get those things out of the way and he can fully compete and, and has been fully cleared to go. Because once uh, once he gets on the field... It's going to be fun to see how he slots in. He, he really, it looks like on the surface that he should just be one of those two-gap nose guys that just takes up the center and then maybe eats up another blocker that allows uh, one-on-ones for the guys on the on either side of him. That's, that's kind of the way it feels like to me. But again, such an uncommon athlete for his size. He might be able to play in that in that three technique. He might be able to play even farther outside. We'll see what happens. When I was down in L.A. and I had a chance to talk to Blair Angula, one of the guys he's really excited about, Fa'atui Tuatele. Uh, he's 6'3", 304-pound um, interior lineman. Special kid, but Blair just raves about Tuatele, and I think rightfully so. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is a guy that picked Washington over essentially every top school in the country. I mean, when you see teams like Alabama and Clemson and Texas and Georgia and LSU and Ohio State and Michigan and you, you just name them, USC, Oregon, Utah, every, I mean, every school in the country wanted this kid. I mean, his legacy at St. Louis is, is almost unmatched. I mean, we're talking about Manti Teo levels of, of impressiveness. Now, obviously, Manti went to a different school, but in terms of his impact on Hawaii State uh, football at the high school level, uh, they'll be talking about Fatui Tuatele in the same terms as a Manti Teo, as a Tua, uh, Tua, um, Tua uh, well, the kid from uh, the Alabama quarterback, Tango Vailoa. Yeah. You know, he, just those types of guys. He's in that conversation. That's how impressive he was coming in. The unfortunate thing is, is that he played with an injury all season long to get to that perfect 12 and 0 record and the state title last year. Uh, it was the third straight title for St. Louis, but in the process, he screwed up his pectoral muscle, and I, he's probably out for the year. I would imagine uh, if they if they plan on actually uh, doing surgery on it and all that kind of stuff. I think that's certainly one of the one of the things that we're going to have to look for day one is to see if he's even out there and ready to go. If he's not, it might be a sign that that he's going to have to get his uh, his chest muscles, pectoral muscles cleaned up. And if that's the case, there's no question he's out for the year. Finally, Noah Nagal is 6'1", 280-pound uh, defensive lineman out of Menlo Park. I'm trying to – isn't that where um, Ben Burkirvan was from? 
He he's from there, but he didn't go. They didn't go to the same school. Same high school, yeah. But uh, Noah, Noah Nagalu, probably we can call him the runt of last year's defensive lineman class. But uh, they're really high on this kid, as they should be. I mean, he came from the same high school as Daniel Haymuli, the really heralded uh, linebacker that signed with Washington. And I I saw him in the the Polynesian Bowl. He was as good as any guy there. And again, Haymuli won the defensive MVP honors. Alfonso Tupatala was another linebacker Washington signed who had a phenomenal night uh, there. Obviously, Puka Nakua, we can talk, we've talked about the receiver. He was the offensive MVP of that game. I mean, Washington was littered with athletes and signees in that game. And I thought Noangali was as productive and is as, was as good all around the entire week as any of those guys. Um, yeah, he's listed at 6'1", 280, but he runs really, really, really well, and he's stout at the point of attack. He used to even run the ball a little bit for, for Menlo Atherton, so that'll tell you a little bit about what kind of athlete he was as well. So he's got a chance, I think, yep. Kim, to be one of those surprise guys. We'll have to see because, again, I think there's a chance one of these freshmen is going to have to play. One of these freshmen is going to have to step up and be available. Well, well, I think all of the fre- I, th- I actually think all of them will play. The question is, will they play more than four games? Well, again, you're right. I mean, we thought that 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 Thule and and Taki Taimani were going to play four games, but they only played three games combined. So, what's the situation? Have have, have the coaches had a rethink about how to utilize that four game rule? Are, are they going to max that out? I mean, I think they were a little unsure how to approach it last year. Hopefully, they have, they have a better a, plan. Yeah, I think I was going to say, hopefully, they have more concrete ideas on how it impacted the team. How, you know, because they were able to redshirt every single player last right. year. Do we think that's going to happen this year? It doesn't feel like it, especially on defense. Just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, huskystadium at gmail.com. Send us a note with the subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. So uh, defensive line is going to be interesting to follow, starting with fall practice, and you can follow it all. Nobody will be covering it more in depth and better than the guys from dogman.com. For all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells, along with Chris Fetters. Go dogs. (laughs) 